Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. But for now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. We're going to talk today about finding the will of God in your life and what, that, what the will of God is and what that means to you and what your calling is. And, and you are... Uh, does anybody remember the Choose Your Own Adventure books back in the 80s? Anybody remember those? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a child of the 80s, and that was, a, that was a big deal back then, was these Choose Your Own Adventure books. And I loved them. I would get them. And, and what they were was they, they were always a story of adventure, survival, and you had options throughout the book. I think we have an example of one, I think, on the screen, if they can pull it up. This is a good one. Choose Your Own Adventure. Escape from Tenopia, your ultimate challenge, it says. It says, the problem, your space pod has crashed, crashed on a desolate island somewhere in Tenopia, the mysterious planet in the galaxy. Your goal is to escape from the island and find the galactic patrol station, your only hope of rescue. You're equipped with only a pocket map computer and your wits. The dangers are tre- treacherous terrain from the jagged mountains to the steaming wastes, huge man-eating spiders and gragicides, half-human aliens who will hunt you every step of the way. Will you make the right choices? There's only one way to escape. Find it. Or be trapped forever. So this is a good example of a choose your own adventure. And this, this poor kid on the front, man, he doesn't look like he has a chance, if you ask me. He's, <laughs> he's, pretty, he's pretty hosed in that situation. <laughs> That's what you don't want to end at in this book. But, but uh, this choose your adventure, I, I love these books. I, I, you know, I, I love going through them. As you would read it, it, you'd get to a point in the book where it would say, for, this is a poor example, but for instance, it would say, you know, you've come to a cliff. Would you like to, A, go around the cliff, B, climb down the cliff? You know, you'd have these options, and, and which one you picked, it said, okay, if you pick A, go to page whatever, 34. If you pick B, go to page 67. And you'd go to that page, and then based on the choice you just made, I want to try to climb down the, the cliff, it would say, oh, I'm sorry, you slipped and you died, or whatever, you know. It would, it would, be, uh, it would give you an outcome, and maybe that outcome led to another few options, right? So in this book, you have, you have a series of options, and you're trying to get to the end, and, and there's probably like 20 different endings, and you want to, you want to find which one your, your choices, your, your path has, lead you to, has led you to. Uh, my, my problem with these books is I would, <laughs> I would get them and I'd go right to the end. I'd, I'd, I'd look at all the different endings and I'd find the right one every time because I wanted to make sure, oh, which, which one do I, okay, so this one, I, I find the Galactic Patrol Station and I'm rescued and I get to go home. Okay, that's a good one. That's probably, well, let's check one more page. Oh, I find the, the patrol station, but on the way I find a girl and she's my future wife. That's the one. I want that one. Yeah. So I'd, I'd look at that one, and, and I'd get all excited, and then I'd, I'd go back, and I'd trace back, okay, i got to make this choice, i got to make this page, I'll make that choice, okay, perfect. Okay, and I'll trace it back just to get to that point in the story, and I'd see what happened, and get my storyline, and I got the perfect ending, and, and the book was great, right? What, you know, what, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be great if, if that's kind of how life was? Wouldn't that be awesome if God would say, hey, hey, Andy, I'm going to, I'm going to show you, I'm just going to get this virtual screen up here and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put up on, on, on the screen here all the different options, all the different places you could end up in life. All, all your different endings and, and just sort through and pick which one. And so, so I'm looking and I'm like, okay, I, I die, a bungee jumping accident, I die, I'll better, better stay away from, remind me to stay away from bungees, from bungee jumps, okay. Uh, this one, I've got 12 kids, I married Bertha, ooh, stay away from Bertha, okay. I, uh... Let's see, I've got, oh, here's one. 
It's, oh, it says I'm rich and famous? Oh, and above it's the will of God? Oh, great! The will of God, it's the will of God. It's, I'm rich and famous? That's the one I want. That God, okay, God, just show me, okay, so I gotta take this, uh, this career, I gotta marry this person. Great, God, I'm gonna be rich and famous. It's, the, clearly it's your will. It's your will of God in my life. Okay, I got it, I'm down, let's do this. I'm ready. You know, and that's not how life is, unfortunately. We're, 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 we're prepared, we're, we're given choices, we're given given options every day, doors that maybe we can go through or, or doors that maybe close on us that, you know, we're not supposed to go through and, and we're giving all these choices and we're bombarded. We're bombarded with options and how do we find, how do we figure out, how do we live in peace knowing that, you know, we're doing the right choices and we're living in the will of God and, and this truly is our calling, what I'm supposed to be doing. How, how can we ever find any peace? And, you know, growing up, I... There was, a, there was a message that uh, when you're in youth group, this is a common message back then, was, was that we'd hear a lot, you know, you got to find your calling. you got to find out what the will of God is for your life. And then you don't want to screw it up. You know, you don't want to mess that up. You want to, don't sin, don't do this, don't, you know, don't make any wrong choices because you might screw up the will of God in your life. And I remember thinking, man, how it was always so stressful and so, so much anxiety with that because I'm like, oh gosh, how do I, how do I, how could I possibly get this right, you know, if there's one door, oh, if there's one door I got to get to that leads me to the will of God, how the heck am I ever going to find that? And uh, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm graduating from high school. I go to college, and, and some of you might be in that point in your life right now trying to figure out what college to go to, and I'm, 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 I'm looking at my options, and I got USF, and I got Augustana, and I'm, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, both seem like good options. I don't know which one you have for me, God, but I'm really concerned about my future wife. What if I go to USF and, and she, she ends up going to Augustana and I screwed up because I was supposed to go to Augustana and now I'm not going to be my future wife. She's going to end up with somebody else. Or God, what if, what if she screwed up? What if she's the one that messed up and I go to USF and she was supposed to go there too? She didn't. She screws this whole thing up for us and now I'm a 40-year-old virgin. I don't, God, I can't live like that. God, you know? We, we have these decisions that we have to make and how, how can we possibly get them right on our own? How can we possibly choose the right one? There's so many, there's so many factors involved in each one. So finding the will of God in our life, every choice has, has a consequence. Even, gosh, even the little ones, even the small choices in your life. Has anybody seen... Somebody seen the movie The Butterfly Effect? Early 2000s classic Ashton Kutcher sci-fi. Yes, cult classic. Come on, Butterfly Effect. If you haven't seen it, what happens in this movie is Ashton Kutcher is he he is uh, tormented with horrible headaches. He had a, he had a really bad childhood, and now as he's older, now he's got these horrible headaches to the point where he blacks out when he has them. And when he blacks out, he actually finds himself having a vision of his of his growing up and these horrible traumatic things that happened to him. And he's, he's, he's replaying them in his head. But come to find out, it's not just a vision. He's actually time traveling back to the past, which kind of sounds ridiculous when I'm speaking it out. But I mean, it's the movie. And it was, you know, you, you, you bought it when it was the movie. But so he's, he's, he's time traveling now. And, and he, he realizes that just the, the most minute change that he makes to this past world has severe consequences on his life. I mean, like one time he wakes up and he's got no legs and he, you know, because he shut a door when he should have left it open, you know, something like that. Or one time he wakes up and he's in prison. And so every, every, just the tiniest little thing he changed too. He didn't even mean to. It was like he bumped into something and all of a sudden it has a drastic effect on the future of his life. 
And this, this idea, the butterfly effect, this, this, was, uh, <clears throat> this was something based on someone uh, named Edward Lorenz actually came up with this theory of the butterfly effect, and it was based around chaos theory, if you want to explore that more. But, but the butterfly effect was actually the idea that they were studying that if a butterfly's wing can flap, and just the tiniest little flap, weeks later can cause reverberations and things in, in the atmosphere that can actually shift and have an effect on the way uh, a storm moves or a tornado is actually moving. Just this tiniest little butterfly wing of flapping can have a, an effect weeks later on a storm, okay? So that's where that idea comes with, this butterfly effect and how these tiny little changes in, in life and in, in, in the world can have massive consequences, massive consequences and change things completely. So here we are today, and we're talking. I mean, the big changes we're struggling with, we don't know where we're at. The, the small changes can have massive impacts, apparently, in our life. And, and I'm just trying to sort it all out, trying to figure out what, what am I going to do? You know, one, one, uh, one thing they always would tell us, you know, hey, just pray, pray for the peace of God in your life. When you're, when you're questioning where, where to go, what to do, pray for the peace of God, which there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with praying God give me peace in a situation. But how many have ever prayed for peace in a situation, peace in your heart, and so you think it's from God, and, and, and all of a sudden you think this door is open and it's from God, and you go through that door and it turns out to be a nightmare? Raise your hand if that's ever happened to you. I mean, quite a few of us. You think it's God. You think, man, I prayed. The problem with, the problem with that is, or a problem is that, man, I, me, 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 I'm an over-analytical person just to begin with. So the second I, I have a big life decision I have to do, I'm going to analyze and I'm going to think about it and I'm going to play out every possible scenario in my head and I'm going to pray a little bit and get some peace of God about it. And once I get that peace, okay, God. Well, then I'm going to start thinking about it again and overanalyzing. And now I'm like, wait a second, is this, is this a rustling in my spirit, they call it? Maybe, maybe God's telling me that this isn't what I'm supposed to do. Wait a second, is, I, well, let's pray about it, peace, okay, I don't know. I, I think this is right, but maybe it's a rustling, maybe it's gas. I don't know, I get gas a lot. <laughs> but it's so tough to differentiate what, what that is, right? The peace of God. How, do we, how, do we, how could we possibly know just by saying, God, give me peace? Because, man, we've been wrong. I've been wrong, you've probably been wrong. A lot of you raised your hands. But every, every choice we make, every path we walk down, leads us to a different end game and a different, a different future. So today we're going we're gonna to talk about how do we find that will? How do we figure out if we really are living into the, in the will of God? And like I said, every door that opens isn't always God. We, we, we just talk about that. And in Jonah 1, in Jonah 1 it says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Son of Amittai, and he said, so God is saying to Jonah, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. He said, go to the city and preach to these people. They, they need you, Jonah. So Jonah's standing here. He's, a, he's at a crossroads in his life. He's got, he's got an option of going to Nineveh. And then he looks this way and just, just so happens to be that there's another city just this way and is off in the distance called Tarshish. He sees that one. He's like, ah, I got this one. I think God's telling me to do that. Got this one, eh, you know, maybe, maybe I'll go this way, right? So he, he, he takes the wrong path and he goes this way. And he gets to, they say he gets to a port, it says, he, he went down to Joppa, it's a port, where he found a ship bound for Tarshish. Hey, there's a, there's a ship here, it just so happens, I'm here. It's, it's what, the ship is going to Tarshish? Really, that's where I wanted to go. Wow, God, this must be an open door. Hey, is there any seats left? 
There's one seat? Are you kidding me? One seat. Well, clearly that's for me. God, hallelujah, you've opened the door. I'm going to Tarshish. I'm going to fulfill your will there in my life. And it says, after paying the ferry, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So, I mean, clearly he's going, he's going in the wrong direction. Thought the doors were open, man. It sure looked like this could, be a, this could be a door from God. There's a boat here. It's got one ticket left, my name on it. Let's do it. And then you got another example here. I mean, what about, think about Paul. Think about this guy. On the flip side, he's doing everything right. He's making all the right choices. He's, I mean, he's walking the walk. He's talking the talk. He's writing two-thirds of the New Testament. He's living it out. He's changing people's lives. And where does he end up? He finds himself in prison, chained up, shackled, shackled. God, I thought, I mean, the will of God in my life is to be this? Is to be in prison? Are you kidding me? This, this was your great calling for me to be stuck in prison, shackled, hungry, hopeless? Well, what's cool is if you read that story, that wasn't Paul's attitude, and he penned one of the most famous scripture in the Bible in, in that condition, in that, in that situation. He said to live is Christ. He said to die is gain. So here's Paul. He's presented with two options. He's in prison, and option A, his path, one path is, he said, hey, man, to live it's Christ. I'm going to be with Christ anyways. I'm going to keep continuing press, you know, preaching the message, changing people, and to live, I'll still be with Christ. He said, my other path right now that I have, my other, my other choice in this crossroad is to die is gain. He said, either way, I'm still with Christ. Either way, I'm going to, I'm going to be with Christ, either here on this earth or in the, in the glory of glories. So, he, so Paul, even, even there, he recognized it. It doesn't matter which choice I pick. I'm, I'm, I'm going to either way stick with Christ and be with Christ. So finding, finding, our will, finding the will in our life, just discovering this, man, life is a journey. Life, the Christian walk, it's a journey, and, and it's presented with all kinds of obstacles and options and choices every day. So the way we figure out what this is, the way we truly know if we're, if we're living the will of God out in our life, if, 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 if our calling is being established in our life, the most reliable guide to it, the most reliable guide to the will of God is the word of God. That's your most reliable guide. And so often, so often we're, we're trying to make things happen on our own. So often we're, we're praying for peace. We come to church on Sunday, we're praying for peace. God, give me that peace. God, close that door if it's not there. But we're not actually getting into the word because the word, the Bible says the word feeds your spirit. The word is what guides your spirit. So if you're not feeding your spirit with the word, what's your spirit going to guide you in? How is it going to guide, how could it possibly guide you? And I think more often than not, that's, that's a big problem for us is that we just don't get in the word for ourselves. We don't meditate on what the word says. And I don't mean on Monday morning, you, 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 you wake up and say, God, this morning I'm going to open the Bible up. And I believe you're going to speak to me with one scripture, God. Here we go. Let's do this. You flop it down on your table and you open it up to a random verse. You stick your finger down. You say, okay, God, here it is. Here's my revelation for today. Matthew 27, 5. And Judas went and hung himself. Okay. I <clears throat> can't be right. Let's try that one more time. Okay. God, here we go. Second time, here we go. No whammy, no whammy. Stop. Here we go. All right. Luke 10, 37. Go and do likewise. What? Go and do... That's, that's a little unsettling. Okay. Go and do likewise. Okay. Let's... Tr- Third time's a charm, God. Here we go. Let's do this. Third time. I, got, I know you got it in you, God. Here we go. Woo! John 13, 27. Good one, good one. What, 
what you're about to do, do it quickly. <laughs> so that's not getting into the word of God. The word of God, I always get a kick because every morning my, my Bible app always sends me one scripture. It's one scripture. And I'd love, it'd be so funny if that's what, you know, randomly picked. <laughs> Judas went and hung himself. I mean, oh, great. Thanks for the Bible verse day. Thanks for the encouragement. But that's what my Bible app does. It's no different than us doing that. That's not what getting into the Word is. It's not reading the one Bible verse that your Bible app pops up in a notification bar. Feeding your spirit so that you can be guided by it requires you getting into the Word for yourself. So we will find the will of God for our lives when we embrace the Word of God. Paul said it this way. He said, he said that the word of God makes us complete, and he said it equipped, equipped for every good work. The word of God equips us for every good work. And Peter said, said that the knowledge of Christ through reading the Bible, the knowledge of Christ is the power for all things to pertain to life and goodness. The knowledge of Christ, knowing how he lived, what he did. Man, that's the power in your life to attain to all things good and godly. So reading the word Finding out what the will of God in your life is, is going to be more about, it's going to point you more to the type of person you should be and less the direction you should go or, or, the, or what, you sh- what you should do right now. It's going to be less about that and more about who you should be. More often than not, when, it, when the Bible's talking about the will of God, when it's, you know, we, we're always thinking it's one door we have to go through. We're always thinking there's one thing that God's called us to do and we've got to attain to that. But more often than, more often than not, the will of God it's talking about just the, the moral of our character. And, and I'll show you some verses here, some examples. Ephesians 5, 15, it says, Be very careful how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the, will, what the Lord's will is. And then it goes on, don't get drunk on wine. You know, don't spend your day just foolishly you know, living in debauchery and the pleasures of yourself. And it says, instead, be filled with the Spirit through the Word of God. That's Ephesians 5. So that's the will. That's the Lord's will, man. It's how you live. How you live. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind by reading the word. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Once again, what God's will is in your life. It's, it's a moral thing. It's, it's living your life set apart from others, from the world, living it how, how Jesus lived. In 1 Thessalonians, it says, it, it's just straight up. It says, it's God's will that you should be sanctified, period. What's sanctified? That's just living a holy life. Living a whole, living like Jesus did. That's God's will. When you think like God thinks and live a life that's pleasing to him, you're in his will. Whatever situation you're in, wherever you're at today. St. Augustine, Augustine said, he said, he put it like this, he said, the will of God, it was a question mark, the will of God, he said, well, love God and do what you will. That's the will of God. And that sounds a little, wait a second, do what you will. That sounds pretty blasphemous. But that's not the point. the point. The first point is love God. When you love God, sure, do what you will because you're, you're doing it in the parameters of God, in the parameters of, of, of what he established. Love God and do what you will. That's the will of God. The will of God is not the career you pick. 
but it's how you tend to that career. It's not the spouse you, you picked. It's, it's how you treat your spouse. That's the will of God in your life. The will of God is not always the direction we go, but the kind of people we are becoming as we go in that direction. That's the will of God. I'm going to read a, a passage here. A.W. Tozer, he's an awesome, he was an awesome guy. He, he's got, he, he answered um, a question on what the will of God is, and this was his words, and I'll just read it verbatim. It says, that he wrote, it, it appears more spiritual to seek God's leading than to do the obvious thing. It appears that way. But it's not, he said. If God gave you a watch, would you honor him more by asking him for the time of day or by consulting the watch? So he's saying, hey, as Christians, sometimes we over-spiritualize every stinking thing we're going through every day because we want to make sure we're in the will of God and, and what this is, man. It, it better be from God and for God and for me and so that I could be living his calling. And it's less about that and sometimes just about doing the obvious thing. Just do the obvious thing. He's like, hey, man, if God gave you a watch, would you then go and ask him what time it is or would you just use the watch he's thinking gave you, you know? Use the watch. Use, use the gifts and abilities he gave you in your life. You don't always have to question every little thing. Do the obvious choice. He said, but except for those things that are specifically commanded or forbidden, it is God's will that we be free to choose. The shepherd leads the sheep, but he does not decide which tuft of grass the sheep shall nibble. Touching our life on earth, touching our life on earth, God is pleased when we are pleased. He wills that we be as free as birds to soar and sing our maker's praise without anxiety. God's choice for us may be any one of a score of possible choices. The Christian who is holy and joyously surrendered to Christ cannot make a wrong choice. Did you get that? The Christian who is holy and joyously surrendered to Christ cannot, you can't make a wrong choice when you're living your life like that. He said, but what about those times when, those, when much is at stake and we discover no clear instruction and yet our focus are forced to choose between two possible courses? Well, he said, we have God's faithful promise to guide us. All right. Here, he said, here's one among many passages from God's word. It was James 1, 5 through 6. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. So, man, you're looking, you're, you're at a crossroads in your life. You don't necessarily have to ask God to open the door or give you peace. You just get, ask God for, just for wisdom. God, give, give me, I mean, maybe these two choices, maybe one's not even worse than the other. But God, give me the wisdom just to make, you know, the smartest, most wise choice here in this situation. That's, that's, you know, could be a good way to pray for it, to pray for these situations in our lives. Just ask for wisdom. Seek God's wisdom. Proverbs 3 said, my son, do not forget my teaching. I love this because as we read it, I mean, every one of these lines goes back to the will of God. My son, do not forget my teaching. Keep my commands in your heart. What did we say the will of God was? It was your moral character, moral character, right? So keep my commands in your heart. That's the will of God. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Man, the will of God. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. The will of God. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Love and faithfulness. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. The will of God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. The will of God. And lean not on your own understanding. Saying don't lean on your own abilities to make everything happen. You know, press into God. Lean into him. Meditate on his word. In all your ways, submit to him, the will of God, and he will make your path straight. Notice that's contractual. All your ways, in all your ways, submit to him. In everything you do, submit it to God, and he will make your paths straight. 
Well, we all want to be on the right path. We all want to be you know, making the right choices. But man, if you just submit your life to God, he'll make those paths straight, no matter what path it is that you chose. So the book of Proverbs, it describes the will of God more like, more like paths and paths you choose and, and more so than like just an open door. It's not that a, a career leads you to the will of God or, or a spouse or a choice will lead you to the will of God, but more, you know, there's, there's paths in how you live out those paths. That's the will of God in your life. Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that in all things God, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So what's his purpose? It goes on, it says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That's your purpose. Once again, be conformed to the image of his son. Be like Jesus. You could just say that. You're, my purpose is to be like Jesus. The will of God in my life is for me to be like Jesus. Amen? To be a person of love. You know, you can become a, you can become a, you can become a joyful fast food worker. You don't see many of them, right? You can, you can be a patient kindergarten teacher. I don't know how they do it. You can be a peaceful nurse, or the, you know, the list goes on. You do whatever you're doing, but be like Jesus in that situation. That's the will of God. That's your calling. So then you say, well, what about sin? What about, what if I've lived, you know, what if, what if I'm choosing the, the door of sin? You said, you know, God, God is kind of there on every path. Well, what if, what if I'm blatantly sinning? Is God there? Psalms 139 Psalms 139 says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I, if I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. God's present. I mean, the, a fundamental, fundamental aspect of God is, is he's omnipresent. It doesn't matter where we are in our life, what path we've chosen, what choices we've made. If we cry out to God, if we return to him, wherever we find ourselves, God will be there. And he's a God of resurrection, a God of restoration. And so the will of God in your life at that point, maybe, 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 you, maybe you're not where you want to be and maybe you're not where you should be, but the will of God at that point in your life is just to turn back to him. Turn your heart, cry out to him, repent back, repent to him. And the unfortunate circumstance is that when we live, when we choose blatantly sinful lives and maybe, maybe we choose a life of, you know, we want to be the richest person, so it's greed. Well, maybe we damaged our family because of it and, you know, road, certain roads, paths you take are going to bring with them consequences, Sometimes we still have to live those consequences out, but if we trust in God, he, he will make our path straight. That's what it says. It promises that he will make your path straight. He can turn a situation around that there's just no hope to. Maybe you're bound to addiction, bound to, you know, hopelessness. You know, God can turn that around if, if you turn to him. There's, you have to set in all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. So there's a, there's a part you have to play. Just like in those books, there's bad endings. So, so with life, we have to, our choices have consequences and we have to live those out. But God promises if we just turn to him, even, even, in, even in our sin, you know, God is still there waiting for us to turn to him. Jonah 2, it says, from inside the fish. So Jonah, back to Jonah, so he went the wrong way. He fled from God. He's living outside clearly from what God wanted him to do. And so now Jonah 
ends up getting swallowed up whole by a whale and all this madness that he's caused by going the wrong way in life. He gets swallowed up by a whale. And Jonah says this, he says, inside the belly of the fish, he says, in my distress I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the deep I called for help and you listened to my cry. So even in that situation, even when Jonah was completely in the wrong direction, he cried for help and God still answered him. God still met him there. And then I love it. It goes on and it says, all of a sudden, you know, the fish vomits him back out. And now, now Jonah's back at a crossroads again. There's Nineveh, there's Tarshish, what should I do? And this time he chooses to go this way. He makes a choice and it says he, he, he preaches the, he, he, you know, he preaches to the city of Nineveh and completely changes the whole town, completely saves them from destruction, it says, because he made a choice. Because he was living in line of God's word. I was going to say he was being like Jesus, but Jesus wasn't here yet. But he was living in, in line of God's word and, and, live, and following after God. Romans, Romans 9.33, out of the Message Bible, it says, so how can we sum this up? All those people who didn't seem interested in what God was doing actually embraced what God was doing as he straightened out their lives. And Israel, who seemed so interested in reading and talking about what God was doing, missed it. How, how could they miss it? Because instead of trusting God, they took over. They were absorbed in what they themselves were doing. They were so absorbed in their God projects, what they didn't know, that they didn't even notice God right in front of them like a huge rock in the middle of the road. And they stumbled into him and went sprawling. That's what Isaiah said. Isaiah gives us the metaphor for pulling this together. He says, careful. I put a huge stone on the road to Mount Zion, a stone you can't get around. But the stone is me. If you're looking for me, you'll find me on the way, not in the way. So there's this stone on the path. We're, we're all choosing our paths. We're all walking down roads of life. And, and man, there's, there's a stone there. Sometimes it's getting in our way because that stone is just reserved for Sunday. Sometimes we think that stone is only found in the way, which means going to church. Man, that's where I find the stone. That's where I build my house. It's just going to church. That's how I find my Christianity and my salvation. I go to church. I get, I get filled up. And then I go up to my work week and, and just go back to the world. And then Sunday I get filled back up. They're, they're just, they're living their Christianity life. They're living their Christianity out just in the way that they do it, not actually on the way. On the way of life, man. God is there every step you take. God is, no matter if you're making the wrong choice or the right choice, God is right there. But we just have to press into him. Lean into him. It says build your house on the foundation. Build your house on the rock. That's the rock that's in the way, that's in our path. Every day. But you find him on the way, not, not in the way. So if you build your house on the rock, I guarantee you no matter what choices you've made, no matter where you've been, no matter where life is taking you right now, if you lean into him, if you press into him, and you live like Jesus lived, you be the hands and feet of Jesus and just love others and love God, that is your calling. That's every one of our callings. God will promote you from there. God will do his part. But we just have to do our part. So I opened this message with, 
how this world can be so confusing and, and these choices can just bring so much anxiety and so much care to it. And I'm going to close with a verse on peace. And this is from Philippians 4. It says, The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's going to guard your heart from anxiety. It's going to guard your heart from fear. It's going to guard your heart from the cares of this world, the peace of God. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So that's our, that's our call today. That's our beckon is to what we're listening to, what we hear, put it into practice. You want to find the will of God? Get in the word of God. You want to find out what your calling is? Be the hands and feet of Jesus wherever you are right now in whatever situation you're at. Love like he did. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 10 o'clock. We also have what we call School of the Bible on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.